Welcome to the Higgins House and my mommy's podcast. <laughs> hey, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Higgins House. I am here with my good friend, Amanda Norwood, and we are here to talk today about all things children's behavior and toddler tantrums and all the things, screaming, crying, hitting, biting, all the things we are going to cover today. So um, Amanda and I go all the way back to college um, and now are both mommies and have she has a really unique story, and I'm excited for her to be able to share that with us. So, Amanda, welcome to the Thank show. you. Thank you. So, tell us kind of um, your background, um, kind of explain to everybody why I had you on to discuss all things behavior, and then we'll move kind of into your mommy story. I mean, story. because you love me, right? Of course. Absolutely. Also, nobody be shocked if a doodle joins at any point. Um via video yes there are three of she them has multiples. there are three of them in my office currently they're laying down but they have serious FOMO and they're all therapy dogs so they are just <laughs> here to help also uh let me preface by saying before we get started if you are listening to today's episode obviously we want you to listen but this will also be on YouTube and there will be a lot of um, techniques and skills that Amanda and I will be teaching you tonight that would be most beneficial to watch so if you hear things that you think I don't know what she's talking about or I'm clearly showing you something revert back to the YouTube um, video which I will link in addition to this um, episode that way you can see what we're doing as well so go ahead and tell us about you okay so I um, I have a degree in psychology um, and then I have a master's degree in special ed, um, taught in special ed, self-contained for eight years, decided I wanted to do more and be able to reach more kids. So I started another graduate program because, you know, why not? And <laughs> who doesn't love school? Um, went back to do ABA therapy um, and started- Which is Which is what? So applied behavior analysis. So a lot of, a lot of people think that that is just pertaining to children that are on the spectrum, but it doesn't. And actually my specialty um, kind of runs with children with um, emotional dysregulations, disturbances, what do you want, whatever you want to label that. Um, children with trauma, PTSD, that's kind of my wheelhouse. And so those are the kids that I worked with the most. I have spent, you know, my first couple of years were in the autism classrooms, loved them. Um, I still work with a lot of those kids, uh, consult basis wise, but my true love is the kids with trauma. Well, and what's so unique about that is, and we just talked about this in the episode that launched today with Joni, that trauma is a very unique, um, has a very unique definition, right? Like I know a lot of what you work with is big event trauma, big yep. D trauma um, with your kiddos. But when we're looking at parenting of kids of all kinds, the same things you're doing with those kids mm -hmm. are applicable to a child that has not experienced a big D trauma. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because that is your wheelhouse and your specialty 
Um, and because that translates down to the fits, the kicking, the biting that we, you know, the terrible twos, the teenager threes, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever stage that we're in, I think there's a title for them all. Um, but so that's why I was really excited to have Amanda on and to kind of give her input on that. So tell us about um, kind of how you became a mom and y'all's story and how that led into uh, your skills of behavior. Oh, well, <laughs> how much time do we have? Um, so <laughs> we have plenty. Um, we became parents through foster and adoption. Um, we found out that we could not have biological children, which I had always wanted to adopt a kid. Um, for some reason, when I was younger, that was just kind of what stuck in my mind. I don't know where it came from. Um, don't know where I heard it or anything like that. I just knew that I was going to adopt a child or children at some point in time in my life. Um, and so, unfortunately, um, I have stage four endometriosis, which does not allow me to have any children of my own. Um, I have since then had a hysterectomy, so obviously no children. Um, and so we started fostering and felt that rather than paying an obscene amount of money to have a newborn, there are so many other children out there that need a home that are in those bad situations. And like you said, like my love is those trauma kids. And so mm -hmm. let's give one of them a home. Um, started out with a 14 month old, um, who had significant trauma to a point that my husband could not even come near her. Um, by the time that she left us, she was running to him. Um, and then the next little, and what was, I know, I know you have to be careful with what yes. you share, but what was like the age gap there? Are you allowed to say? So she, just for when we of... got her, she was 14 months old. Um, but the because of the situation that she came from um she was the size of a nine month old um she did not have mm. the language of a 14 month old she had the language of about a six month old um because there was not interaction or anything and she had the cognitive skills of a six to nine month old um just because okay. of the significant figured, abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. I figured we would kind of touch on development of children in general later. Mm -hmm. So that trauma clearly took place prior to 14 yes. months old, um, which is important when we touch on things later. So yeah, go ahead. So she stayed with us a few months, um, went to a family member. Um, and then the following summer, we got our daughter, well, the one that is now our daughter, um, and I won't go into a whole lot of details um, with her, maybe at a later date, but um, sure. yeah, um, she knows a little bit about, she, about her story. Um, we haven't told her a whole lot because she's five. So we tell her what's developmentally appropriate. Mm -hmm. She knows that she's adopted. She was fully aware of her adoption date. Um, it was also her third birthday. So she mm -hmm. is, she has the understanding that a, we went to a judge, the judge told mommy and daddy that we have to keep her forever and that 
told her that she gets to have parents forever. So anytime we joke with her and like, girl, I'm just going to put you outside. And she goes, no, the judge says you have to keep me forever. So it kind of comes back to Sorry. us. The judge, judge said, said so. so. Yeah. I was about to say, that's something yeah, my kids 100% would do. Judge said so. So, and I'm like, yes, we did commit to that. You're right. Wait till mine figures out. Cause God yes. said so. Like I'm waiting for that one. Like, and yours yeah, will. The Lord yours said will. so. You're stuck 100%. with me. Uh-huh. That middle one will Girl. for sure. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh man. We're going to talk about it later. Don't worry guys. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're going to, so something that's important to share. And I, I don't know. I, I, I say this to all parents. You share whatever you are comfortable with, which I, I know you and I are pretty comfortable with each other, but I have had many moms come on that, that always preface before they tell a story with, and please don't call CPS when I tell you the story, or please don't like, like, and we go to the doctor and I'm trying to explain what we're dealing with. And this is a special needs case, but it's like, but please don't call CPS. Y'all, this is a safe place. This is a safe place that we'll be talking about all the things. Episode one, I was talking about toilet stories. Okay. Like we are very, very yeah. open and honest. Cause here. being so, a mom is crazy. Um, Oh my gosh. It's it is no, no joke. joke. It no is joke. like, it's those, it's like the, um, I saw a t-shirt one time that I was like, I really need that. And it says motherhood is a walk in the park. And I just forgot that it's actually Jurassic park. And I was like, touche. That park. is uh-huh. a spot, spot on. on, especially at my house right now. So, um, <laughs> fact. So I did, um, post on our Instagram, a question box, um, kind of asking for y'all's input and and what specifically behaviors y'all are dealing with. Um, and before we dive into that, I wanted Amanda to kind of touch on how um, motherhood and your behavior background mm-hmm. collided um, at your house, what that looks like um, for her age. And, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors there that play in for her, but um, what are some of, some of the bigger struggles, I guess, if you will, that you're dealing with or that y'all are dealing with in behavior yeah. right now? So, remind me, she's- um, She's five. Four? Yeah, she She's is five, five okay. and a half. And don't forget the half because that's very important to her. Very, very important. Yeah, they, they don't yes. play about that. that, that um, so one of the biggest struggles that we have right now is being apart from mommy. So, like yes, and, and not necessarily just okay. the separation, um, but it's the uncertainty of is mommy coming back? So it's not just that I, mm-hmm. I leave the room or I leave the house. It's, is she's coming back. So we go down that deep, deep hole very, very quickly. Of she's never returning. Um, and I'm never going to see her again. Like I took a phone call. For example, I took a phone call the other night for work. I stepped into my bedroom. She didn't see me step into my bedroom. And next thing I know, she is crying and trying to figure out where I am. And my husband's trying to reassure her that mommy just stepped into the room to take a phone call. And apparently she said that mommy left and is never coming back. So that's kind of what we're dealing with um, currently. And so with that, um, sometimes I hate using the word trauma around some people who don't understand what trauma is because a lot of people just think trauma is physical abuse, um, emotional abuse or things like that, which yes, it is. It is that, but it's also Mm, something that can turn your emotions 
to a certain weight. So if your emotions you know, are changed from an event, that can be trauma for mm -hmm. you. So it could be. That's exactly. I was going to say yesterday or Monday, whatever, whatever <laughs> day it is. When, uh, when we released the uh, episode on trauma with Joni Edelman, one of the things that she said is trauma is really not the mm -hmm. event. It is obviously big T traumas. It is. But the bigger trauma is the result that occurs yep. after in how you respond to that yep. trauma. Like she said, their, their house burnt to the ground. Their dog died in it. They were in it. She was burnt. Like significant, huge. They're still trying to build their home. The trauma of the house being burnt down is not what she's yep. dealing with. It's the PTSD of the thought that I was going, I could have lost yep. everyone had I not woken up in time. And so it's interesting how you word it that way, because obviously we associate big T traumas with the physical occurrence, but especially for our little people who may not even remember yep. the big occurrence, it, their brain and their body. Oh, absolutely. Do. And like, and that's what Joni was saying. She said, you know, if we experience the trauma before we can speak as adults, we can't face the trauma yep. with words. We can't yep. speak on it. Right. Because we revert back to that age. And so I have to remember that with my kids. Cause it's like, even with a speech delay with Benjamin, he doesn't speak yet. So he can't just, yeah. Yeah. He can't out. verbalize he can't it. it out. He can't, you know, that whole use your words. It doesn't oh, work with him. I don't like that phrase. <laughs> he's, he's got words. And I'm pretty sure he, he probably me, is it's fine. I'm pretty, I'm pretty 100%. sure the last time I was there, he was cussing me as I was making him put things up. He said he, his new phrase is, oh, oh shoot. And I'm, I'm about 98. No, he's not saying that. Sure he's, he's not, not saying, saying that. Oh shoot. <laughs> and if we're being honest, he learned that from his mother, but it's fine. His dad like, it's fine. That out. But. I cuss, but I still love Jesus. Okay, sorry, continue. So um, so speaking of these events of trauma, that is not those physical abuse. So when you think of adoption, um, you think of, a lot of people just think of like a baby's being adopted from day one, okay? How could they mm -hmm. suffer any type of trauma from, still trauma. how could they suffer mm -hmm. any type of trauma because They've had this wonderful home. They're in a wonderful family. They've had everything they need, but it's still trauma because they've been removed from their natural mother, from that birth mother. And mm -hmm. so with our little one, you know, legal issues had to be done. Things, people stepped in um, at a very early age within the first five or six months. Um, and times that you would think she doesn't exactly remember. and but again the body yes, and, the brain, and she can't yeah. verbalize that mm -hmm. she can't tell you that these things happened um and then mm -hmm. she was placed with family member and then family member is the one that reached out to us knowing that we were foster and adoptive parents and knowing that she needed a family um and so you already have one abandonment, one instance of abandonment when she is physically removed from mom. Then you have mm -hmm. a second issue of abandonment when family member takes her to us and they are separated. And so you have these times that 
she's not able to verbalize. She doesn't understand. She doesn't remember living with other people or anything like that. She doesn't remember anything before us. And if you ask her, she said that she lived with Jesus. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what were you like? She has this whole thing. She can go down. We can go down that rabbit hole. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of that is a coping mechanism to protect herself. And so mm-hmm. people don't mm-hmm. think that she's created the safest, the safest scenario for her environment with the safest person. Yeah, yes, absolutely. For herself. Uh, because we have, even though she doesn't remember some of, I'm sure she remembers some things, but some of the most significant yeah. parts that you would think would play yeah, the biggest Yeah, and there's role. no, I don't ever think that she was treated poorly. I don't ever think that she was abused. I don't. I know a hundred percent that she was treated to the best of their ability and, but there's still going to be that trauma there because she's been moved from mom to family member to us. Mm -hmm. And so know her life didn't suffer the abuse and the, the big trauma that everyone thinks that you have to go through to Mm -hmm. be emotionally detached from it or to be triggered by anything. Mm -hmm. But it's still there. So a lot of the things that we deal with are mommy has to be somewhere else. Mommy has to be separated from her. um, For instance, for school. Does she do the same with dad? No. It's me because mommy is her safe person and not that she doesn't love my husband or anything like that. It's just when we got her, it was in the middle of the summertime And so I was the one that was home. Mm -hmm. And so I was the one that Mm -hmm. she detached or attached. Absolutely. Um, She Mm -hmm. didn't have a bond or an attachment to anyone before she came to us. Um, So there wasn't crying for someone or anything like that. Um, It was kind of like those, like people say, oh, your kid is so comfortable with everyone. Like that was her behavior. Mm -hmm. She was totally comfortable with me. You would have thought she'd been with us since day one, like got tons of comments about, oh, you know, she's so comfortable with you guys. And she was, and she Mm -hmm. didn't have that female influence in her life. And so she didn't know to call me mama. She didn't know that that's who I was to her. And, but she dug in. And she, I call Mm -hmm. her Velcro as a joke and she, (laughs) she likes to joke and say, mom, I'm just going to be Velcro to you today. And I'm like, great. Mommy's getting nothing done. I'm going to need to go. Mommy's going to need to go mentally prepare herself with a bottle of wine real quick. (laughs) Give me just a minute. (laughs) At least she tells me, like she warns me that it's going to happen. As I say, she prepped yes. prepped. And so you. when kindergarten started, we had significant issues with mommy being at work and her being at school. And then she couldn't remember who was picking her up. And she had, it's not like she had a different person every single day. I dropped her off. My husband picked her up and right. we kept to a very regimented routine and schedule just because mm-hmm that unpredictable, the unknown is what gave her so much anxiety. And so we were having meltdowns Mm, at school and just crying constantly. Um, 
was drop no, off difficult? And like, did she stay in routine to get out? It was just yeah. when she got so there. So drop offs were totally fine. The morning was fine. She was excited to go. And then it's the when she gets to class and there's that 10, 20 minutes of unstructured time oh, that wow. she her little mind starts wondering. And mm-hmm. she goes to that place of, I don't know, I don't know who's getting me. I can't remember if mommy and daddy are getting me. No, he's not coming back. Daddy's not coming mm-hmm. back. Like we go to this very, very dark place of they're leaving me. And so we've done. She reverts back to that 14 yep. month old brain. And we've also, yeah. And we've going. also gone back to, um, she's never been a thumb sucker or anything, but that, out that we know mm-hmm. of, and she may have done that before she came to us mm-hmm. in her very early stages. That may have been something that she did. Um, but we can always tell when she's starting to feel kind of anxious because the thumb goes in her mouth. Mm. Um, we have worked through mm. things like that to be able to ask for breaks or let us know that she needs to go take a break. But let me tell you, we, we fought <laughs> for months yeah. to be able to get to that point. Mm. And that did not happen overnight. Like even someone who has several degrees in behavior and psychology and special ed and all of that. And mm-hmm. it does not happen overnight. And that's, what's really important for parents to understand no, is we may give you, and you're not failing because absolutely. it doesn't happen you overnight. You may feel like a failure several times and mm-hmm. <laughs> you may sit on the steps after you put them to bed and they're still crying and you start crying. But mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Listen, <laughs> twice. I, I sit on those steps. Like me and the steps have a special relationship. Like <laughs> we talk it out. The dogs probably you know, joined over time. I, I spend my time, and like some people have a special chair that they go and sit to talk to God. Like me mm-hmm. and the stairs in that dark little hallway mm-hmm. at night. Like that's where I go to talk to Jesus because. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't make it past the steps. So. Yeah. Which for anyone wondering are just a couple steps yeah. out of her bedroom. <laughs> yeah. But she's upstairs. So, so I got to okay. go. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't, I don't make it down the steps and I just sit right. there and I listen to her. Um, I don't ever, we don't do the cry it out or anything like that just because um, that mm-hmm. causes more damage for her. Um, hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, and I love when parents want to try to give me advice and tell me to let her cry it out. And I'm like, I need to go away. Um, and, and this is also why we don't do babysitters. Um, so the only time we get to do like a date night is if my parents take her or something, which means driving to a whole other state, Mm. but yeah. Yeah. So it's just things that but it's things that we've like, that's tonight, well, isn't it? Technically, technically my date night's with you. Like <laughs> I took over date night. He's not even here. He's working. So, <laughs> but it's, it's taken many months, many hours of trial and error, her tears, our tears, our frustration 
us feeling like failures. I'm sure her feeling like a failure because she sees how frustrated we get. Um, she wants, yeah. she wants to not be upset about things and she'll tell you I'm trying and like, we see it. Mm. Um, it's just, she has big emotions and that's okay. And so she's learning mm. right now to navigate those emotions, verbalize those emotions and figure out which emotions are meant for those times and how to, Mm -hmm. verbalize when we need a break or when we need something from mommy or daddy yeah. rather than just crying and melting. Well, and let's talk about, cause you're better <laughs> at explaining this than I am. So at the age of five and a half, um, where, it, where is her brain developmentally? So like for those parents at home who are like, my kid's five and a half, what is she, what are our children? And I know there's a lot of circumstances that, mm -hmm. you know, alter this a little bit but where are our children Aww. at five four to five five and a half years old in their ability I think a lot of times we mm -hmm. think they can do things they can't and so what what is what is she capable of right now at her age developmentally versus what we're having to teach oh gosh them? yes um so I have to I have like on paper <laughs> she should be able to do xyz <laughs> i have to explain this to my husband sometimes just because like he has that expectation of she's five and a half like she should be able to do these things and i'm like mm -hmm. but you're not really understanding so at four five and a half mm -hmm. even six your kids are being introduced to coping skills they are now able to Mm -hmm. understand and use a coping skill does that mean that they are going to pull that tool every single they every single time they get into that position absolutely no. not but it's like it's at the very bottom and every time it goes back yep. it's at the very bottom like they got to dig through other yep. things and sometimes the digging through other things are the tantrums the throwing things uh the biting mm -hmm. the kicking everything else mm -hmm. before they reach the bottom and say oop I remember mommy told me I could go take a break on the stairs. Um, and we've been there mm -hmm. and she gets to that point and you can see it mm -hmm. click. You can physically see the change. And she goes, can I go take a break on the stairs? And I'm like, yes, you can please, please go yes, take a please. break. <laughs> but at five, you have to realize like what your kids are doing at five, at five, your kids are, most of them are in kindergarten. So they are attempting. Mm -hmm. And I say attempting because this does not happen for every single kid. Mm -hmm. They are attempting to, to be people. And a mm -hmm. lot of parents think that, oh, they're five. They're really independent. They're, they can do this. They can handle that. Your five-year-old is learning how to be a person. And they're learning how to be a person in mm -hmm. public. They're learning how to be a person with other peers and that's who are all learning it all in a different way time. from different parents and bless those kindergarten mm -hmm. teachers. Um, <laughs> yes, kinder. God because, bless, bless yeah. all teachers, but bless them. But specifically then you have tonight. the <laughs> overwhelming hate education being thrown at them when say a kid who's never been introduced mm -hmm. to school, never been exposed to school. So now we're having to learn how to 
follow all these directions because it's a lot. Ask, Ask permission to, go to, to the literally bathroom. do anything. Also, you need to learn your numbers. Also, you need to learn your sounds. Also, we're going to learn how to read. Also, we're going to learn how to add and count and skip count and do science experiments. Also, don't forget yes. to be nice. Like, oh, and personal and space. And, and yes. so I've always been a firm believer yeah. that kindergarten, like, I, that's great. They want to learn to read. We want to teach them that. Like, I love it. But I think there should be more times where they're teaching social skills because a lot of parents mm -hmm. don't put that emphasis on it until there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our child. And sometimes it's far into yeah. childhood, teenage years before you Absolutely. kind of discover it. And too. so if started introducing social skills earlier, our kids would learn mm -hmm. those coping skills quicker. They would adapt to better to situations better. Mm -hmm. Now, are they going to learn all their coping skills and be able to utilize mm -hmm. those tools effectively at six and seven years old? No, absolutely not. Because your brain doesn't even stop no. developing yeah. until you're 22, 23 years old. And which mm -hmm. blows my mind because at 22, 23 years old, you're supposed to go out and function like an adult and get a career yeah and <laughs> i'm cleared to get a credit card i'm cleared to drink i'm cleared to buy tobacco I'm but you can't rent a, a car yet like... <laughs> you can't you can do all those yeah, things that you can't rent a car whatever but yeah i mean their brains aren't even fully developed until that age and even then if you don't have those coping skills taught to you from an early age you're floundering there are adults who don't have them. And you're starting from scratch once you get to public school. If the teachers have the time, that's not an act of teachers. If the teachers have the time to incorporate Absolutely. it into what they're already doing. And if they've had the education to realize this needs to start. Like I've always, when we found Slumberkins, which we don't worry, we are going to talk all about them in a little bit. But when we found them, I didn't, I knew that they were created by mm -hmm. a counselor and a special ed teacher. And I was like, well, that's really cool. What I didn't know until I really dove in was you could, there's a mm -hmm. whole curriculum hub. Like as a teacher, you can purchase a whole curriculum and it's connected to standards, which I think they're in Washington, maybe. So it's like connected to their, their standards, but like still I'm like, okay, so if we ever choose to homeschool or something like this yep. is the primary vote. This yep. is what we're starting with. This is, you know, or if I ever am back in the classroom, which, sorry, state of Texas, Same. I don't intend to do, but that's <laughs> a conversation for another time. If I'm ever back in a classroom, but what I do do <laughs> is I, I go mm -hmm. into classrooms, right? Because my, my job as a behavior interventionist, specialist, whatever you want to call it, is to go in and help when you have a student particularly in special education that has behaviors that is keeping him or her yep. or their classmates from learning. And so I go in and I help those teachers, those paraprofessionals and the student to understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, blah, 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 yep. and apply it. And so utilizing my, I literally put Slumberkins on a PO order the other day. Like, like I would like to purchase this for whatever campus I touch yep. foot on. Because it's 
it's so important. And we, like I said, we're going to dive deep into Slumberkins here in a minute. But Mm -hmm. the affirmations that they provide, the step-by-step processes of how to use your words. And it's like you said, I don't love that phrase, use your words. Because we say yep. it, but they don't know how to do that. They have to be taught that. Like they don't know what that means. Yep. They just know that that is words. And they're like, I'm yelling at you. Yeah. Is that not my words? <laughs> like, Technically, like if you're that, yelling cuss um, words at me, you're using you. your words. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still using my words, guys. So they teach them that step-by-step process of yep. we're not just speaking. There is a purpose to what, what is coming out of your mouth. And so with that, though, one of the questions that was asked is handling um, separation anxiety. So I know y'all's is a a specific scenario because of some back history, but what are some techniques and skills that y'all utilize? And then how can those be applied to other, you know, to other people, too, whose kids are facing separation anxiety, say, at school drop-off or at church or whatever the case is? This would be the time to start watching on YouTube because we're going to start showing you a lot of things. So a lot of kids, like their separation anxiety can come out a lot of different ways. Um, Sometimes it's they start chewing on shirts. So if your kid comes home and this is all stretched out or it's got holes in it or little (laughs) girls, the bottom of their dresses have holes in it. So I bet every single one of the moms are going to be going home and they're going to start checking their kids' clothes now. Um, yeah, check the bottoms. Exactly. That's where her collar um, it's went. stretched out. It's normally wet. Their hair. Their, um, their hair. And so I can normally tell when B has had a pretty stressful day because her hair was up and like pulled out of her face and it's not in weird chewing on hair. Yeah. Um, oh, no. So one of the things that mm-hmm. we have done to kind of help with that for that point of anxiety are chew necklaces. So these look like the little, I mean, I always, these are phone cords to me. Like, I just think of a landline I grew up with. Tell us your age without telling us Totally fine. I I was going to go scrunchie. I was going to go throw back scrunchie. (laughs) Yes. But they have come back. Come back though. I I have three of them in my my hair with when I work out because they don't leave creases. But Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is a phone cord to me. Um, it's fine. I have no problem. Mm-hmm. So get your yes, kid, get your kid an OG like phone solder cord. It, solder it together. <laughs> that's what we learned today. And it's, that's literally what's happened right here. Um, so you can buy packs of these on Amazon for like $10, $12. Um, mm. But this did not happen overnight. Like this didn't, I didn't just hand her one and be like, all right, chew on this. Have a great day. Like we had to start implementing this at home first. And so I started watching for signs of that anxiety when she knew that it was time for mommy to go to the gym or run to the grocery store or, you know, Mm. literally just go run an errand because she thinks that she has to be with me at all times Mm. and she has to be able to see me. She has to be able to touch me if she needs to. Um, And so we started implementing these at like Mm. I have several colors and these aren't even half of the ones that we have. Um, but we started mm-hmm. implementing them at home when we started watching to way she starts fidgeting with her hands. She starts fidgeting with her hair. Um, kids in classrooms may start rocking back and forth. They start fidgeting on the ground, um, in the car as you're going to school, when they are anticipating that drop off, 
maybe they start messing with their buckles or they start messing with um, their harness if they're still in a car seat or whatever is on them, a, you know, a zipper or something, buttons. They start messing with anything or they start over talking. Um, that's normally B's go-to mm -hmm. is she over talks mm -hmm. and she chews on her fingers. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm really um, good at that. I just, I want to put the both of you in a room the talent. <laughs> and see which one taps out first of who's annoyed by who. Oh, challenge. I, challenge accepted. Let's go. Just, I think it would be entertaining because I don't know who would wear all the other person first. Um, but that's Depends true. if I'm medicated um, or not. But like this morning, for example, she was just going 90 miles an hour since the moment her head popped off the pillow and she woke up way too early. So sign number one, she woke up out of uh, off schedule um, and started talking the moment that she did. Mm -hmm. So I knew that today we needed to start putting some things in place. We needed to start our morning understanding that the anxiety is already there and recognizing that. And mm -hmm. that took us months to figure out her sign. What was, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cause it, it's not just like, Oh, that's a sign. Like they yeah. don't walk in the room with like, it's not a flag. This that is an anxiety. Waiting. Like it takes like, a hot minute to would... figure it out. Yeah. I wish like, it would make life a lot easier. And close. It just starts flashing and it says anxiety, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Help, Help a sister is out. Like, like an SOS, <laughs> like a bat signal or something. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something to let Very us good. know. So <laughs> it literally has meant that I am watching everything she is doing. I am taking note of everything that she is engaging in. And so her behavior, I'm not, mm. I'm not listening to the things per se that she is saying, because sometimes it doesn't make sense. She's just rambling. She's just talking to talk. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So She's I'm literally, I'm yeah. just watching her behavior. So anything that is observable is what I am after. And so it could be her fingers, could be her hair. Um, when I was in the classroom, a lot of times it was their pencils or the erasers. Um, if a kid chews on mm -hmm. a pencil, you probably have one with a little bit of anxiety or ADHD. Like those kind of go, mm -hmm. <laughs> the humming. Yes. Humming. Ben Benjamin, Benjamin hums, not like a song, like But that's, it's also, the body is specifically designed, whether you teach it to or not. I mean, yes, you have to teach things too, but yep. the body will take care of itself. The body will, and it's not the only thing. They need more. So don't nope. be like, oh, well, my kid's body will take care of it. But your body will naturally, like our kids don't sit in the car and go, I should chew my finger because I am yep. nervous. No, the body said chew. Do something to get yourself preoccupied with something else. And so it is one of the hardest yep. things to just step back and watch your kids and not jump in immediately, but it is the best way to determine, yep. okay, he really only does that right before he gets upset. Oh, I've never really noticed. Yep. That he and does so that. one Maybe of the I things that, that I did, and it sounds and crazy, is, but I, I love sticky notes. Sticky notes are my best friend. They are all over my desk at work. Um, they are in the drawers. They are mm. in my car because 
I can pull them out real fast, write myself a note, write what time, what was happening before. So we are taking the ABCs of behavior. So we're looking at the antecedent. Mm -hmm. So what was happening before the behavior, what is she engaging in? And then the consequence. So the consequence doesn't mean she's getting in trouble. It's just, well, how am I reacting to the behavior? What's coming next? Correct. Yeah. Consequence so can be good or bad. If or positive I don't do or anything negative. and the behavior stops, I'm noting that. Or if I engage and intervene, mm -hmm. what, how does she react after that? Does it stop the behavior or does mm -hmm. it heighten the behavior? So um, with the necklaces, mm -hmm. it's always whatever you're going to implement, whether it's a necklace, whether it's a fidget, a fidget spinner, um, or any like little fidget toy, the fidget cubes or a busy book. Yeah, the, um, the poppets, the, pop the busy books, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's always got to be something that's taught. We're not just going to hand a kid something and be like, look, this is what you're going to use. Because they're not using it appropriately. It's mm -hmm. not a tool. It's a toy now. And so if I'm, this is, this is one yeah. of our sensory toys that um, is from our toolbox. <laughs> and so she has a toolbox in her room, not an actual toolbox, mm -hmm. but it's sensory toolbox. And so she, you know, I don't, I think it'd be a little Whatever bit dangerous works. if she actually had a real toolbox, not really sure what it would happen with it. Um, this one's cool. a soft one. So she has these that we have taught her when to use them, how to use them. And it comes with a lot of modeling. So it could even be mommy is just really mm -hmm. stressed out today. I'm just going to sit here and we're just going to watch it go down and down. And mommy's going to take a couple of deep breaths. You want to take a couple of deep breaths with me? And then we practice taking some deep breaths as we watch it go down. And so it's modeling mm -hmm. that behavior that we want them to do because it's not just. And it's also very beneficial as the parent because it's, it's one of the hardest things to do because you're typically really frustrated with your child yep. when they are in a state that they need to learn how to use these. But I have found if I can make myself, no, Andrea, stop, go to the calm center, calm space, whatever you want to call it, quiet spot Yep. with Zane, go with him. Because right now we have one, but Benjamin doesn't quite, he's not quite to the place that he fully understands that logic yep. yet. So it kind of just happens wherever we're located. But with Zane, to physically go, because not only am I teaching him, I'm really Absolutely. teaching him based on my true, real emotions. I'm not making them up to teach him. He sees that I am truly frustrated. I am truly, maybe I'm crying. Maybe I'm breathing heavy. Maybe I'm whatever. And he's physically seeing yep. me also calm down, which is then the perfect example of this Absolutely. is what we do. This is, this is and the I modeling think, that. I think the biggest that mistake that parents, that. and I'm in, I include myself in this, is that we try to teach them mm -hmm. these things when we're in the moment of heightened behavior mm -hmm. or heightened anxiety that we're trying to teach them that we need to breathe through this. Mm -hmm. So all of these things that we want them to work through, that we want them to learn need to be taught when it's not a crisis moment. And I say crisis, I don't mean like someone's dying, but yeah. when we're in the midst of exactly yeah. when we're in the middle it's of those behaviors, it's yeah. not when they need to be taught 
the coping skills. We can model them forward. Absolutely. We can talk it's through it with do. them and say, you know, yeah. mommy's just going to sit right here and I'm just going to count to 10 and I'm going to take some deep breaths. And so we can model it, but I'm not going to have a child, my child or someone else's child sit there. And I say, now you take deep breaths. Now I'm going to take deep breaths. Now you take deep breaths because I haven't taught them that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And a great time yep. to address that is right after when they've come down and everybody's calm and we've returned to our normal scheduled programming. Then it's do you, how yep. do you feel now that you've taken your deep breath? Are you able to return? Are you able because they still remember because no, they're age no wait three hours yep. to talk about it. You know, depending on their age, it it allows them to really talk through it. So let's go through these um, question boxes of like different scenarios. And then at the very end, let's talk about okay. like what's in each of our kids calm corners and resources. Um, and I'm going to create a like to know it or whatever, a page um, link that anything that they can find on Amazon or stuff like that, like the choosings, yeah. the bubbles, that way they can access those after. So question one was, my child throws things when he's done with them, specifically food. This drives me nuts. <laughs> Benjamin does this, and it drives me nuts. And I'm, he just, like, looks at me and does it. He says, say something, Mama. And it makes me want to lose my mind. But first and foremost, <laughs> I can't because I taught him words. First and foremost, everybody needs yep. to remember that behavior is a form of communication. Sometimes it's an annoying form of communication, yep. but they are, in fact, telling you something with their behavior. So let's assume, sometimes we assume mm -hmm. that they're throwing it on the floor because they're done with it, like because they're done eating yep. or whatever. That's not actually typically the case. So let's say we just got our food and we're throwing it on the floor, but we got to eat at some point, right? Like we've got, we've got to have a meal. So what are so, some suggestions we have? We have been there before. <laughs> I mean, if we're being really, really honest, I don't cuss in these very often, but my initial response <laughs> is I lose my shit and I'm working on that. Just letting everyone know. We're very honest here, guys. I try really hard, but that's my initial response and I'm working through that. That's why Amanda's here to give her perspective. Amanda comes every time, and I say this because I have so many of them. Every time I have children, Amanda comes to my house. And every time she leaves, that everybody's is such a lie. Times better behave. And somehow that You're falls off. No, it's not. It's not because after, after you leave, there's all these expectations of like awesome parenting. And I'm like, y'all need to calm down with that because I'm still learning how to do this. Amanda didn't give me my book yet on how Sorry, to do guys. this. So she prepped y'all, but then she didn't give me the manual on I how to continue. I think they're actually still in I shock need continuing education. Like, this lady just came in our house and is telling us what to do. Like, because they, I think it, <laughs> I know. What's so but annoying is I, I, I do that too, of, but it's not the like, same. Because we do know each other so well, and I know that you don't mind me stepping in, yes. and I don't step, like, I don't step in often, but yeah, no, I, don't. I have stepped in with Zane, I have stepped in with Benjamin, and I think sometimes mm -hmm. Benjamin is cussing me, because <laughs> he's like, I don't know who this lady thinks she is. 100%. Coming over here. 100%. 
you probably need to come visit here pretty soon because <laughs> but I do know you're on a whole new level yes. right now with that. So, so do you, throwing throwing it as annoying as it is is we got to figure out what they're telling us. Is it we need we need attention mm-hmm. because a lot of times it's we need attention. And so then we get stuck in that mm-hmm. game of throw and pick up, throw and pick up. And I'm sure you've all had babies that throw their sippy cup, their bottle mm-hmm. to the ground. They laugh and you pick mm-hmm. it up and hand it back to them and go, don't throw your bottle. And then what do they do? They throw it because now we've, now we've created a game that gets your attention. Mm-hmm. Well, in the older, the older they get too, like three, four, two, even two, I mean, Benjamin's two, two, three, four. I, in my mind, okay, I'm going to give you your plate. You're going to sit down and I'm going to go do something else. Like I'm not, yep. I've not left the room, but like he's in the dining room, I'm in the kitchen. And so what I've found is a lot of time when Benjamin's doing that, I have to go sit there with him and, and eat, whether it's my own food or, yep. or part of his. He just wants me to sit there with him. Yep. But but he doesn't necessarily know that, yep. nor does he have but the ability he recognizes to go, I want you to that's what's right made here. him feel better. Um, He's gotten what his little brain wants or what his little brain needs yeah. at that moment. And sometimes it's just comfort of us. Mm-hmm. And so as annoying as it is, because they always pick those mm-hmm. times that you're in a restaurant and they want to, they want to throw. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she's and, judging and your And Karen parenting. is staring at you. That's fine. Um, and then makes mm-hmm. comments loud enough for you to hear. Those That's are always really my bad. favorite. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times it's literally yes. that they just want our attention. Um, sometimes it's, they're crying, trying to communicate even something more than that as to, I don't like this. I don't with, with my daughter, it's the texture. So we have a sensory processing disorder. And so the texture of food is along with the texture of the world is a big deal. Um, struggle, struggle. The struggle is so real. Um, but hamburger meat has always been something that we can't do. Whether it's like ground, she's gotten to where she can do ground turkey mm-hmm. if it's in a taco. Um, but that that has taken us a long time to get to that point. Mm. Um, we don't do ground meat. She can't do ground meat in any other point. And it used to be that she would flip it off her tray. And so I would get annoyed mm-hmm. because I wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. as to what was going on at the time because I wasn't paying attention to the The antecedent and I'm reacting poorly to it because like we do Mm -hmm. often, because at that point, especially if it's at dinner time, you've mommed all day long and I just want you to eat so I can bathe you Mm -hmm. and put you to bed so I can, (laughs) so I can have five minutes when you're not screaming mom at me. (laughs) Like, let's be real. So a lot of times it's, mm-hmm. sorry. Well, and sometimes, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just going to say, sometimes they really, like, I have found too with, like with Benjamin, I'll say, okay, you're throwing yep. your food on the floor. That tells me you don't want it right now. So if I can get him to help me pick it up, yep. I do. But I also am not going to sit here and battle this with you. I pick it up and I put it in a place he cannot reach it yep. anymore. If he goes about his day. He's not hungry. That's what he's telling me. If he throws a fit because the plate is no longer in reach, then we reinstate, okay, 
then we need to sit down. Mommy will sit with you or whatever and let's eat. And then if I'm sitting there and it continues, now I've eliminated, you know, my other options. Or sometimes I put the plate out of the way and he goes straight to the pantry to get something else, which tells me he doesn't like this for some, for some reason, this is not what he wanted. Now you can't climb three shelves to get the bag of dum-dums, which is what we did this morning at 5.30 a.m. while everyone else was asleep. But he still communicate, yep. regardless of if it's food he's allowed to have or yep. not. He's still communicating, I don't want what's on my plate. And so then you're kind of, it all comes down to communication and understanding yep. what the action that your child is doing is telling you. Because a lot of times we get into this battle of, no, you're going to eat, no, you're going to eat, no, you're going to eat. Okay, but like if they're not hungry or they don't want that. Absolutely. The power of choices yep. for our children is incredible and even at any age like okay zane you can have chicken nuggets or you can have a ham sandwich whatever i'm giving two options that i'm good with i don't care which one he picks but zane now feels like he has the control of making his own meal okay great you can have grapes or you can have an apple and sometimes he may go can i have a banana yeah because he is associated he's old that's a great option i'm picking two fruits sure why not Okay, you can have cheese, you know, you can have cheese or you can have this. So by giving them the control, the guided control, it really helps eliminate. And I know I've had people who are like, well, you you know, you can say that. Try it. You'd be surprised how often giving them what they feel like is power in making decisions. Like you can clean your room now. And then you can take a bath or you can take a bath and then you can clean your room. Yeah. But I think it's always, either of those things, it's always important that when we're doing those choices, it's always choices. We remember that they're choices that we're good with. And so we're not promising Disney world. Like that's always one of those. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't do that. I mean, unless you live next to Disney and you can just (laughs) hop on over, um, which I'm so jealous of. Um, (laughs) Well, and also, yeah, don't promise a piece of candy for it either. <laughs> and I mean, and, and that's not a knock to people that do, but nope. there will come a point that you don't have the candy. So when you're trying to get him to make a decision and he wants candy, and it's and that's all not for option, a different now op- your battle has started different. all over. So make sure yep. your two options. Yes. So make sure your two options are, are the two yep. tasks or the two meals or the two I try really hard to do choices yep. over if you do this, you can have this. If you do this, you can have this. Or the vice versa. If you don't do this, you can't have yep. that. Because then your kids are making a decision out of fear, essentially. A fear of not getting the iPad. A fear of not getting toys. A fear of not whatever, you know, whatever the situation is. And I know our world mm-hmm. tells us, like, your kids should be afraid of you. But really, our ki- our kids should should understand I heard an example the other day that was like I agree that my kids should be afraid of me but here's why we are innately afraid in a sense afraid of the Mm -hmm. Lord we know what he is capable of doing Mm -hmm. and changing our world or adjusting what is happening I am I have I am fearful of him but in the most positive way I am I am fearful to trust him but I know that in the long run the most positive yep. aspect is going to happen. It's more of like it's a fear kind of, of disappointment. I would it's not the want kind that to says, 
Because like mine was always growing up, I didn't want to disappoint. And so that was my fear. I was not afraid of them. I just Mm -hmm. was afraid of disappointment. And I think that's where we should shift our parenting instead of Mm. I rule the house. You should be afraid of me. It should be that I'm here Mm. to help you. And that fear should be that humbling fear of, like you said, like our fear of God. And so when we allow them the Mm -hmm. choices, and so going back to that brain development, when your kids, I mean, people say terrible twos. Mm -hmm. My child was a delight at two, like a hundred percent go back to two in a hot second and four. Yeah. (laughs) I would with Zane. Well, two was currently would not. I don't want to ever, ever, ever do that again. Um, But (laughs) At two, it was so important. Yeah, well, that's not the word I've heard. But, Freaking four. <laughs> um, but the choices know, are so incredibly important because they're starting to learn that independence and that they have a voice. Because when you think about what your two-year-old is doing, mm-hmm. like they're starting to put words together and to form sentences, form full thoughts, form requests. And so mm-hmm. they start... People say terrible twos because they are trying to push that boundary of their independence. And so let's allow them to have that independence, but within Mm. our boundaries. And so giving them that choice of, do you want eggs or do you want cereal or oatmeal or whatever? Two things that you're okay with them having and giving them those options to allow them to feel like they are in control of that situation. I mean, us as adults, we would rather have choices too. Because if, you know, if my husband tells me we're going to go to my favorite restaurant, um, here is a pizza place. It's called Empire and it is delicious. But if he tells me we're going to go to Empire tonight because he told me and I didn't have a choice in it, I'm going to say, no, we're not. My immediate response is, no, we're not. Yes, I do. Yes, I do want to go there. Do I want to eat that pizza? Because I was built that way. But because you did not give me a choice and you did not ask me, you took my independence away. You took Mm -hmm. my choice away. I don't want to go now. And Mm -hmm. I so want it. I don't want it. Exactly. Even though I am a functioning adult who has a full-time job, several degrees, and I'm still going to act like that. I have coping (laughs) skills. Exactly. I might be over here acting like three year olds. Well, oh, I'm definitely in my terrible 31s. It's fine. My husband will uh, attest to that. So, leading from that, in in that our kids' behaviors are communication. What happens when we have kids hitting, biting, spitting, those kinds of things? Again, I think that this goes back to remember that as as frustrating as that is biting specifically because I feel like there's you can't pinpoint biting and people are like yeah yeah you can he was mad he took a toy and he bit him but nobody nobody taught him like okay when you do something I don't like I'm going to open my mouth and bite you (laughs) most parents don't bite their children to my knowledge so like where does this come from like you know what I mean like like when, when my kids do something that I have clearly accidentally taught them, I'm like, well, whoops, 
But like, I didn't teach y'all to bite each other. And with Benjamin, Benjamin has a speech delay. So Benjamin and some sensory struggles. Mm -hmm. And so this week alone, Benjamin has bit three children. Um, Four, if you count his brother. None of which did he buy out of anger. Three Mm -hmm. of the four, he was in an extremely overstimulating scenario. Um, what like like a mini kid bounce house? They were you know roughhousing, playing, you know rumbling around. He bit them. They proceeded to bite him back, which I am really okay with. Um, it doesn't seem to phase him at all. He homeboy has a whole. I don't think he feels pain on his arm, top and bottom. Like I could get an imprint. I could get an imprint of this kid for some braces in the future. Okay, off his arm, and I I I agree. I don't think he feels pain. Mm-hmm. But every time he does it, it's out yep. of excitement and overstimulation. And there's something about that clenching down. But what about kids who get mad and hit or get mad and bite and get mad and spit? And I think the the one thing that Tyler and I had to go into parenting with the mindset of we both went mm. in with the mindset of yep. we both grew up spanked um, that that is something we grew up doing. I'll, my mom, my favorite story is my mom said I walked in the kitchen and I saw the, the wooden spoon in the dishwasher. And I was like, why are we washing the paddle? Like, uh, what's going on? And, you know, stuff like that. Since working for Child Protective Services, I have a very hard time with any kind of spank outside of a hand. Um, I, I think I have my own PTSD from that. But now since having children, one specifically, <clears throat> Benjamin, who does hit and do things because he doesn't have the verbiage and the words you to be able him. to verbalize even the way a typical two-year-old would I have because you're I have just a, I do yeah. and then I'm like that was stupid I just spanked him and then told him not to hit his yep. brother like I literally just hit you and told you not to hit like that was stupid and so you know that's not a not if you choose to spank I mean we we still spank our children if you choose to spank that's on you. We are not here to help you decide if you're going to hit, you know, spank your kid or not. If you think biting your kid back after they bite you, I don't care how you do it. But mm-hmm. as far as behavior goes and communicating with our children's ages, ages like two to five, let's say, that are hitting, biting, fitting, that full-blown tantrum mode. And maybe they're not quite at the level of... Mm-hmm. We let we need to go to the calm down room, calm down space. Yep. We need to go do that. Like Zane is there, Benjamin is not. Like I yep. said, we do Benjamin like, like middle of the kitchen if that's where we're located. How do we how do we help communicate to those kids when they are hitting and biting and spitting that we don't like that, we don't do that because it gets very frustrating and you don't know what to do. Benjamin literally spit at two strangers at Walmart the other day. Strangers, we didn't know them. Luckily, they didn't notice, but I did, and I did, I went, I like pinched him right here, because I was like, I'm just going to get your attention. He thought it was funny. He laughed. He didn't even, like, he he went, (laughs) and then like held my hand all sweet, and I was like, fine, whatever. I'm going to drive this bus of a freaking cart with four seats on it, and hold your hand, and then three minutes later, he bit that hand. Uh, and and then I did it again, and he still thought it was funny. And then I was frustrated, and I flicked him in the face. Not gonna lie, we're just gonna be honest here. And he, he looked did. at me, and I swear to you, if he could have told me to f off, he would. Hundred percent. 
I yes. promise. Uh, in his mind, he 100% did. His eyeballs said it very clearly. But it I was did, I was say, you're so overstimulated. frustrated and overstimulated. One, because we were at Walmart. But two, because. Yep. But because yep. I, nothing I did mattered. Nothing I did worked. And I, and I, the more frustrated that I, the frustrated I got, mm-hmm. the more I wanted to instill some kind of physical response. And clearly, because my child doesn't feel pain anyways, he didn't care. He didn't give a rat's patootie that I flicked him in the face. Yeah, he would have. Didn't care. He would have been on the Zane floor. He would have lost his ever He would have been on the mind. floor acting like he was dying. You would have called CPS for Zane. You would have thought <laughs> I punched him in the face. You would have thought I had punched him in the face. So how can we help those kids who yep. are in that middle range, whether there is a, a speech delay or not, their brains at that age are not just telling you like, hey, I'm going to spit on that person today. Um, but how do we help them? Like, that's not nice. And I feel like a lot of parents are like, please don't tell me to squat down on my kid's level and go, please don't hit me. Because it it feels raw. Like, it it doesn't feel like that's enough. Yeah. And obviously, if you have a kid like mine, he may do it again. So I, I think the so, most important so, thing to remember God. is all communication, all, all behavior is communication. So if you are walking through... sorry if you're walking through a grocery store and you see these behaviors start coming up think about what's going on like I get overstimulated in grocery stores so I wear my airpods is anything playing on it no but it has noise cancellation and so it blocks out a lot of the noise I'm already overstimulated with the aisles the list Mm -hmm. everything I've got to do then you add in that noise it exactly so We're you on add in all aisle. of that, and then mm-hmm. you put a kid with me, I'm way overstimulated. So imagine how that tiny person who does not have those coping mm-hmm. skills, imagine how they're feeling. Maybe they, there is a noise that is bothering them. Maybe they have sensory mm-hmm. problems that you don't know about, and they hear the squeaky wheel of your cart that goes over and over and over. And the only way to communicate mm-hmm. something because their ears are hurting is to bite you. And so, because we've been there. Mm -hmm. Well, and the more I think about it later, like when we left, all was well. Like, again, I'm going to pre-apologize for an explicit. He stopped being an asshole as soon as we left. Like, y'all, I told you we were going to be real honest here. And I gave you a prep. That's how it feels sometimes. I literally go to bed at night, and that is how I feel that my child acted. But we left. And he was fine. He stopped. He was sweet again. And so really, I hadn't even processed that trip yet. But really, he was telling me, I want out of here. I don't want to be here. This is not working for me. I'm in a four-point harness that I don't like because it's the Walmart (laughs) cart and it probably doesn't fit right. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. Yep. It's too much. It was Super Bowl Sunday on the chip aisle. That alone ought to tell you how it was. Zane is like going down the aisle like this. Smacking all the chips. Not hitting, not knocking them down, but like bop, 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 every chip, every chip bag. And you know how that noise goes. And so the reality was as annoying and obnoxious and as frustrating as all of those yep. actions were that he was doing, he was telling me, I need to get out of here. And, he, and the difference is Zane would have thrown yep. a fit. Benjamin had found an alternative route. Yep. 
Absolutely. So every so kid is different. We all, we've all heard that. I think one of the important things is as you find more... things that start working for your kids, if you know that there is a scenario that is, that tends to be more overstimulating. So like for Benjamin, if you find like, we know the grocery store is too much for him. We know that Target is too much for him sometimes. And he just screams the whole time. Uh, real life, mm. real life scenario. <laughs> She knows and he because just she was with me for that scenario. <laughs> to where, uh, what does he call It was a struggle. Mom? Mama Bear. Yeah. Mama Bear comes in the store and she doesn't even have to call Mama us. Bear. She can hear us. So, yes. She tracks us down in Target. I forgot about this. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll just tell the story. <laughs> so, my mom. So, Amanda's in town. We go yes, to Target. It's all three of us. All three kids, right? We had all three of us, me and you, which you would think yes. two versus three would be enough. Somehow it wasn't because Benjamin counts as 12. And my mom calls to ask mm -hmm. me a question and she can hear mm -hmm. the chaos, probably both in my voice and in my child. And knowing that I have another full grown adult with me is like, I needed to run to Target anyways. Because yep. I right had Zane. <laughs> so now we're three on three. And it's like, okay, cool. So she calls. <laughs> yeah. So she called to ask like where we are in the store. And literally I said, hello. And she went, "Never mind," because she could hear us through the store and walk straight back to aisle six. Like she knew where we were. It was like playing Marco Polo with a toddler. Like she didn't even have to ask. She came all the way back. And by the grace of God, all of God's good moms were there because I don't remember a single person looking at me with like distaste. Oh. Or like, could you please get your kid together? Not a single one, which is impressive. So shout out to all moms that were at Target that day because they were killing it. But like, that's where we were at. And he doesn't. Yep. So that tells me those kinds of scenarios are not good for him. His class size is about eight or unstructured. nine. And he does really well until we get to free play. Yep. That's not a good scenario for him. It's unstructured. Even center time, like today, his teacher said he was really struggling. She said, but timeouts are kind of seeming pointless. Like, we've tried it all. I've given them free range. His Mimi, who is a retired principal, teacher, special, all the things, is the director there. Like, I've given free range to do as you so please. He has an incredible teacher who incorporates sign language into basically every part of their day, but also makes him speak while he does it. Like, they're doing wonderful things. She said, I yeah. don't really see a point because he's just sitting there mad and he's not learning anything. She said, so like today he wanted to be in that scenario, but he couldn't because he was not, he was hitting, he was doing things. She said, so we went to another center mm -hmm. by ourselves, he and I, where I could continue keeping him social and, and playing the game, yep. but he didn't love it because he was separated for a little bit. And then she was like, and then by the time he figured out he was okay being by himself, I reincorporated him back into it. Because yep. it was clearly cool. Well, but and we have to, that comes with really observing it's your kid and, and for some... stepping back and not intervening in every situation because we need to know, mm -hmm. we need to know all the data on them. Exactly. And so we need to know what's setting them off, what is, yeah. what is their threshold for that stimulation. And so then as we kind of notice that we start mm -hmm. working, that's when we start incorporating a lot of those tools that we find. And so if there is a tool at home that we have found that works, mm -hmm. we start taking that with us. And so 
you know, our slumber kids, for example, they go on car rides mm -hmm. with us. Now there is a slumber kid at her school and praise yeah. the Lord, her counselors have purchased the entire set because I told them that I thought it was quite silly that they don't already have them. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I just told them like it is. <laughs> so, you know, but all of these things oh, that man. she has worked so oh, yeah. hard with and use those tools and understands that this is something that makes me feel better. She doesn't understand why, but she knows it makes her feel better. We are prepared. So there is a basket in my car that has a pair of headphones. Mm -hmm. It has always one to two chew necklaces. It has some type of sensory toy. Mm -hmm. It has a fidget and it has one or two slumber kits. And I always let her choose the color of necklace, whatever toy she wants to put in there. She helps me pack it. And so when we go into the store, it seems like a lot, but it allows me mm -hmm. to get through grocery shopping. It allows me to get through these things and that she's not overstimulated. So it's not an mm -hmm. unpleasant experience for her and mommy. Mm -hmm. They are. Fun fact. Fanny packs are back. Wear them up and down, girl. Up you don't and down. wear them like you like we used to, the OG style. Yep. Get your kid, get your kid a fanny pack. Y'all, y'all think I'm playing? Get your kid. I saw somebody. I think it was actually at Target, because that's where the bougie moms go. We, I hadn't seen it at Walmart yet, but I saw a mom and her kid had a fanny pack on, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. I love it. Like. It's fashionable. And she was like, actually, it's where we keep her sensory yep. toys. And I was like, shut up. Like, we're about to be besties. And I'm like, excuse me as I go buy a fanny pack for my child. Or even, I mean, a little backpack, whatever. Fanny packs are just right there, easy. But even for your yep. kid that it's not an overstimulating scenario, our kids get bored in the store. Like, let's be honest. Our kids don't want to be there. Yep. But we live lives that sometimes grocery pickup's not oh, yeah. going to work. And I, need, and I need to take my kids in with me. So how can we equip ourselves yep. going into the yep. store be, so be a little proactive a and it is, it has Fanny mini mouse up. on it and it says mini, like I put the patches on it and everything. She chose the patches. We have two necklaces. We have fidgets in it. Um, mm -hmm. She does not have headphones in it because it's not quite that big, but I know if we need headphones, I attach it to her fanny pack. So we learned mm -hmm. doing this by. Yeah. Um, check like kind of trying it out when we were at Disney because people think that oh Disney is a big open place like it's mm -hmm. not overstimulating no that's yeah. why it is also not the happiest place on earth we go three two oh my three gosh, times no. a year uh -huh. so I know <laughs> no <laughs> this is literally my friend Tori's story in the raising unique minded children is all oh, about yeah their trip to Disney world in the wagon that apparently is not yes. allowed. And she fought, she fought until they let her take that wagon in. Cause it has a sign on the side that yep. explains that he's not misbehaving, that he's, yep. that he's and so we he's started using, blah, 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 you know, we started and, using yeah. the fanny pack at Disney not and it worked so well for us that she has used it at stores. She uses it when we just go out and about, when she's at the park. She likes to put snacks in there. Mm -hmm. And so now she's taking responsibility for that pack. And it's not always a fanny pack. Sometimes it's a little backpack or sometimes yes. it's a mm -hmm. 
little pack that she puts within the basket in my car, mm-hmm. but that's her pack. And so I just remind her, Hey, remember grab this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And if you want a snack mm-hmm. that goes in there as well. And so a lot of times mm-hmm. we have found that the anxiety mm-hmm. of going somewhere, just getting in the car and going somewhere sometimes causes anxiety with kids. And because I think a lot of it is that unknown, mm-hmm. we have that fear of the unknown. Yes. And so, in, yep, yes. I don't know when I'm going to be back. Will I don't know where yep. I'm going. I don't and know what's so there. We take Do they have snacks? Crunchy is it going to be boring? So be like Chex Mix yep. or something. So she's not chewing on her fingers anymore. She may take a chew necklace mm-hmm. and put it in her bag, but there's always a snack so that she is getting that stimulation without chewing on herself. And so as she gets older, she'll probably be a kid that chews mm-hmm. gum. Right now, we can't do that because mm-hmm. we chew on our hair. Yeah. And I think the gum would probably end up in her hair. And I've already had to <laughs> cut her hair <laughs> because she cut her own hair. Um, that's a story uh, for another day. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to send you pictures. Um, she oh, wanted bangs. Man. That's. Oh, my God. She wanted bangs and she wanted her hair short. So she took it in her own hands. She did. Uh, but yeah. Lord. So there are, so there are three left and I'm going to combine two of them because they kind of go hand in hand and then they kind of contribute to the third one. Um, and then we'll talk about our call, our, our cool down places. Um, so this one is my favorite and we'll keep it to my short, but, um, okay. Is screen time really that big of a deal? That's how it was written. Um, we shall preface with, we are not here to tell you whether or not to watch screens. I am here to tell you that screens babysat my children this morning and yesterday morning and the day before because they decided 5 a.m. was the appropriate time to wake up. However, I'm still going to share the knowledge that I have with you that I choose to not follow sometimes. <laughs> and you take that as you so please. Same with Amanda. So just to, to mm. is screen time that big of a deal? What's the deal with sugar and food coloring? Those are the oh. two that I think kind of need to go together because the last one is why won't my kids sleep? Yeah. And there's a lot yep. of contributing factors to sleep, but those two play a huge role. So just know that we'll, we'll oh, cover those man. two. And this one is such sleep. a hot topic. So, um, green time. And... Let's talk about the, the facts as we know them. I'm happy to share said resources with anyone that wants them because this is not facts like these are our opinions. This is information that has been researched, documented, trial and error of other people, not us. Um, oh, I thought you were saying you had the facts right there. No, 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 I don't. I'm sorry. I'm, I will share them with you if you if you want them. Uh, um, but what what do we know about screen time in our children's brains? I, the one thing that I know and that I teach a lot is all of our brains are designed. Mm. Well, this may not be how they're yep. designed. We thrive off of instant gratification. I want it right now. This the screen, the show, whether it be a tablet, a phone, TV, whatever, gives our brains instant gratification. Until commercials stopped being a thing. And then my kids had to learn why. 
there was a time that my kid yep. would literally lose his mind when a commercial would come on because he didn't understand it. And I was like, bro, some of us had to like wait 36 minutes between Barney and Barney. Okay. You're going to need to calm down. We would shop on those commercials mm-hmm. in between, but screen time gives us instant gratification. And when you remove that, or you go into an environment that does not give you instant gratification, like school, like bedtime, like any of like the, the store, those things do not yep. give me instant gratification and my brain longs for it. And that's why there, I have many, many studies that I came across last semester in my mm-hmm. um, research class. That was the amount of dopamine that our brains receive from yep. screen time is the equivalent of an addict oh, yeah. on heroin. Yep. Like they scanned their brains and it was the same. So, like I said, I'm not telling y'all that because we don't watch screens. We we do. And I knowingly do it sometimes. Yeah. But let's talk about how to how to find the happy balance because I think a lot of us are in that stage of Absolutely. I think it has to be no screens or all screens and there is a happy balance. Um and and okay. why don't so, you touch on that and then I have um, kind of a system yeah, that we like she's use saying the that. dopamine that is created within your brain because of that screen time. You have to think of as that screen is going, they're watching their favorite show and the dopamine is constantly being leveled up, leveled up, leveled up. Commercial comes on or mom comes over there and turns it off. And then that dopamine level starts to come down and we're pissed because we need that now. It's withdrawal. Well, and if you look at it, if you look at it from an addict mm-hmm. perspective too, like when I come in and turn the TV off, when, yep. when I came in and turn the TV off, I basically come in and take the drug yep. right out of your hand and just left. Absolutely. And now you guys, so out how like to we have, um, it's the same thing. I, I watched all the TV I wanted to when I was little, I watched, this is how old, you know, I am. Um, mm. I watched reading rainbow. Um, I loved reading rainbow. Um, Yay! Oh, I forgot about that one. Now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. (laughs) But. (laughs) Oh, stop. Well, that and and Mr. What's-His-Name. Yeah, I watched Fraggle Rock. um, Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers. Um, I mean, I watch the OG Power Rangers. I mean, I watch TV all the time. (laughs) And my will tell you. Yes. But I think, I think commercials trained our brains to space it out. Like, you know how parents yep. are like, well, I watch TV and I was fine. Commercials yep. like trained this it's generation to break it up. Yep. Now we live in a world that there aren't commercials or if there are, it's like a clip of another show. And so we've basically, yep. our new TV has kind of trained our kids that there's no break. It just keeps on going. There's no, yeah. there's no like pause of the dopamine. It just keeps on going. Like for us, commercials were boring yep. and dumb. And you, you had to like race ran to the bathroom and got a snack before your show came back on. But no, they can't not do unless that. you're stuck in a hotel yeah. room and they, and they, they don't they do that. Cable. It's not like, designed that way for them. They don't like that. But I mean, like I watched oh, yeah. tons of TV. They don't it was like never that limited, either. But it did have commercials. And then at a certain time of the evening, my dad took the remote and we watched whatever he wanted to watch, which was normally a Western or a 
you know, the news or something. Mm. Exactly. And my dad doesn't have social media, doesn't listen to podcasts, so I can say these things. And because I say it to him now that I hate all those Westerns and like, almost like I have some PTSD (laughs) from it because I just, I can't even, I have such a negative reactions when they come on. But I think like, I think one of the biggest things is how we're using TV, how we're using screen time. If we're using screen time so that you're not having to parent. Mm. And I say that with no judgment or anything. Um, if you, if you need a parenting time out, like I totally understand it as your kid gets older, it doesn't become screen time. Sometimes it can be a drawing book. Thankfully B likes to do crafts um, that we've incorporated. She loves art. And so I can Mm. take a break, a mental break Mm. and sit at a different table and she can work on a craft for a moment. But there are parents Mm. that, you know, I see at restaurants that at the moment they sit down, they're handing their kid a screen. So we're also, one of the things we're not even talking about screen at that point, because Mm -hmm. now you're teaching, now you're taking a social situation from a child that we're not allowing them to learn those coping skills within the restaurant, within that situation, Mm -hmm. we've given them an out. So that's when screen times not only become harmful for their brains, Mm -hmm. but it also becomes harmful for their development because we're keeping them from those situations that allow them to learn and allow them to be part of the world. Yeah. And so I've always been a firm. How to cope. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They allow them to learn how to wait for yeah. the drink that they want to wait for the food that's not coming yet to, you know, those kinds of things. When we fill the, the gap, we're giving them instant gratification until the drink shows up. Then they, then we go home because they don't understand. And they want a drink, and you can't yep. do it right that second. And, and so I've always been a firm believer the that the they more situations you put it. a child mm-hmm. in, the more they're going to learn. Because yes, the first couple of times aren't going to go smoothly. The first hundred times may not go smoothly, mm-hmm. but that hundred and first time that you put that kid into a restaurant, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. You see it click. The moment that they think and that you because see them figure then they're it out, a part of the conversation really at the cool. table. They can engage with people at the at mm-hmm. the table, and so we do use screen time, but we use it strategically. Mm-hmm. We use, you know, she's allowed to play some games on it, some educational games on it, and then we have forty five minutes of screen time in the evenings if we've gotten everything done that we're supposed to get done. Now, are there days that she watches forty five minutes? Of course. There are days because mm-hmm. mom can't feel a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Because there are times that I have to get mm-hmm. work done at home. Yeah. I'm working from home and she has a snow day. Like I live in Oklahoma. We have snow and ice days all the time. And so mm-hmm. there are times that yeah, I do allow her to be on a tablet a little bit longer or she may get to watch an entire movie instead of just half of that movie because, you know, she's done what she needed to do up until that point. Right. And I'm going to almost reward her for that time. And so one of the times, mm-hmm. and so like I keep saying, we observe our kids. We need to observe our kids. We need yeah. to constantly be yeah. watching our kids because when one of the things that I noticed very early on when she was little is when she would watch TV, it was completely zoned out. Mm. 
she was a hundred percent zoned out. You could not ask her anything. And so I was like, all right, we're at that, that point Mm -hmm. where this is unhealthy. And so, you know, new parents, like Mm -hmm. we're trying to figure it out. We were in survival mode. My husband was traveling every other week. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to work full time and raise a toddler. And so you do what you can, Mm -hmm. no judgment, all the grace in the world. And so, you know, it's mm-hmm. no two weeks are going to look alike. Absolutely. No two days are going to look alike. And so at that point, I realized this is the point where we need to start pulling back. Mm. And so we started putting in, as she got older and understood that mm. we, these things have to be done before you can have that screen time. She now has, she, it may be chores that she has to do. It mm. may be in the morning, she has to complete a checklist of her morning And Mm -hmm. then she can get on the screen and play her school Mm -hmm. reading game. And, but Mm -hmm. one thing that we've always tried to do is that Mm -hmm. the tablet is still a high ticket app item because we don't just hand it to her all the time. It was specifically bought for Mm -hmm. road trips and airplanes. Anytime we're in the car for more than two hours or if we're on an airplane, um, mm-hmm. we would hand, that's what she would get. And we travel quite often. So it was still a really hot item for her that she knew that mm-hmm. this is not an everyday thing. So it was still an A plus plus reinforcer for her. And so that was the thing that mm-hmm. we knew our behavior was going to yes. be right on target because we got those things. And so with, with limiting that screen time, and kind of watching her behavior over the last couple of years, she is not spacing out. She can answer questions while she's watching. I can ask, hey, what are you watching? And she'll tell me, oh, well, Mm -hmm. it's this and this and this princess and this princess, because let's be real, she's watching all the princess shows, Mm -hmm. and and telling me all about them. Mm -hmm. So I know that we haven't hit that unhealthy level of dopamine because she is able to converse with me. We're not, Mm -hmm. it's like going back to that comparison of a drug addict, a drug addict. If they are, if they have, you know, too much in their system, Uh then they are not coherent at all. And so and then they're they're fully under the radar. On just yes. the right amount, and nobody so, even know. You know, they're they're thriving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think something that we've done multiple times, and it is by far the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life, and I probably need to do it immediately. Mm-hmm. When you do start to see that that zone out, or you start seeing more behaviors, you start having like all of a sudden it's like, my God, my kid's really difficult right now, yep. or like you start seeing those things. Take a step back and and look how much screen time have we had. And we've done this many times where we say, yep. we're done. No more screens for the next three days. Like we take a whole weekend and the only time a screen is on is for something mommy and daddy are watching. Because frankly, they don't care about what we're watching. And most of the time we're yep. not watching a whole lot of anything either, but it's not entertaining to them. So they're not standing there staring at it. And so when we do that, I cannot tell you guys, and this is why I say, Mm -hmm. I know the facts, and that does not mean that I follow them through and through, 
but I can see the yep. difference in my children's behavior, my children's vocabulary, my children's ability to communicate. I see a difference when we say no more and we take a break and then you can ease it back in and, and you can control it. Um, and that's something we do. We found this, um, it's by keeping my kid, my keeping my kiddo busy, um, keeping my kiddo busy.com. It was like a free download that I found and I just laminated and put it on a little ring and it's a checklist. It says things before screen time, before I can watch TV or play on the tablet. And then there's one, two, three, nine stars that they have to check off mm -hmm. and the first one is I made my bed which obviously yep. I know that is dependent on your child yep. um but in whatever whatever that means for you like for us we have beddies so literally they only have to zip up their bed they're perfectly capable I brushed my teeth again whatever that means <laughs> I completed my schoolwork. Zane loves that one because it doesn't apply in the morning time <laughs> I read for 15 minutes which that's still a little difficult with their age um because I'm not always readily available that I can go read with them for 15 minutes, but mm -hmm. I do encourage Zane for the next 15 minutes, we're going to listen to a book. Like I may play one out loud, yep. but it's put away so he can't look at it. Um, or he can flip through books. He knows, you know, he knows how to do that. Um, we exercise in some way for 15 minutes. You can go play outside. You can, of course he does. Zane takes that very literally. Zane like does squats and like that takes it very seriously. Um, I completed a daily chore, which I'll show you that in a minute. I use good manners and kind words, a parent choice, and then I have earned screen time. So then on the next page, it is, I did a chore today. And there's a list of chores you can choose from. And they are labeled, but like one of them is I wiped the light switches. Well, Zane's not big enough to reach light switches. So I kind of adjust it because he can't read. So whichever one he picks, that's what he helps mm -hmm. me with. Um, and he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he gets to help me. Um, there's there's the I read for 15 minute checkbook uh, checkbox and then the exercise checkbox. And Zane really loves this. And even if if screens mm -hmm. are not a thing for you, since this is free, the chore chart alone, if you're trying to like incorporate that into your kids, because you know like Benjamin does anything Zane does, and Zane picked clean the windows the other day. <laughs> He didn't spray anything on him. I gave him a damp rag and he wiped yeah. down the window. Did it make any difference for me? No. Did it take up 10 minutes of his time? Yes. Did his two-year-old brother also <laughs> stand next to him and do it for 15 minutes? Also, yes. So I had 15 minutes to get some other things done. So even if you, even if it's not for screen time, heavily suggest getting it for that. Um, so then with that, oh. let's talk about sugar and food coloring because we're going to get to sleep in a minute and how screens can affect that. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody sugar is sugar. It is in everything. <laughs> and I know like, I think sometimes people think, Oh, limit your kids sugar. Okay. They mm -hmm. don't need candy all the time. Okay. They don't need this. Okay. They don't need that. There's more than what you would think. Like even fruit, even when you're like, my kid was healthy today and ate Same a bunch of fruit. What did it turn into <laughs> later? sugar so a lot of times when people a lot of yeah carbs a lot of times when people tell me like well I just don't understand why they're waking up so wild and ha like they just slept they mm -hmm. shouldn't they wake up groggy like the rest mm -hmm. of us like but what did they mm -hmm. eat before they went to bed that then burned into sugar and that they woke up ready to go um and like sugar is a big one and that you can you can read the word sugar on the back of things and so I'm not really going to harp on that one dies though 
we have yep. completely eliminated red dye 40 specifically, but all dyes. Um, yep. I think it's important to note that there are dyes and things that you would never oh, yeah. expect there to be dyes in. Like fun fact, beef jerky no, has red dye in it. People are like, people are like, oh, that's the color of the meat. No, it's not. Unless it's straight, unless it's straight from the guy mm-hmm. that you took your deer to. No, it's not. Um, medicine, Tylenol. Like, and this is not a take meds, don't take meds conversation. Yep. All of those kids meds that are bright and colorful are bright and colorful for a yep. reason. Like they have dyes and extra sugar in them so that their kids like them. I have alternatives for that. If we ever want to talk about that, we'll talk about that later. But Ugh. the effects that red dye 40 Go. and other dyes have on so our children. So we have also offered us the same to mine. Um, I mean, I know what it does to my kids. She turns but. into a Zane. When she is, it is a fun day. So we mm-hmm. have... Mm-hmm. It's familiar. I never thought I'd be the crunchy mom. Like, and I'm not like, mm. I never, yeah. Like there are some times that yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. processed food, like but whatever. I'm a little half and half. And, you know, as you drink your Sonic and <laughs> totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're still vying. You are. We're still vying from right Sonic there. to be uh, uh, our number one every supporter. Day. I'm their but, number one supporter, so. I mean, that's. That's that's one of those things that, facts. You know, I never thought I'd be that mom that is like I'm reading literally every single ingredient. But when you have a kid who has sensory processing disorder, also has eczema, Mm -hmm. also has some behavioral issues, some emotional issues, and so then you really start Mm -hmm. to pay attention to those things because when you, yeah, and so that hyperactivity. Is coming from how their body is processing these dyes. And so if you have a kid, especially when you have a kid who has ADHD, those dyes Mm -hmm. are just amping everything up. Exactly. And then if it's something that has sugar and Mm. that dye, just go ahead, barricade yourself into your room, put some pillows there. You're in for the long haul. Like it's, it's not coming down today. So, but I mean, it's so true. Like all these things that we don't realize have those dyes Mm -hmm. in it do. And so we started paying attention more because Brianna has such Mm -hmm. bad reactions to certain things that we are figuring out. Like she had some food, she has some food allergies and then Mm -hmm. she has some, not allergies, but sometimes certain foods Yes, some foods will make her eczema flare up more. Um, and sensitivities, sugary things mm-hmm. make her eczema flare up. And so when we started eliminating high sugars mm-hmm. and not just candy, like we've never been a candy mm-hmm. household, just because like we don't eat it. I'm not going to sit there and just like hand her candy because that's just stupid. Like right. I'm not just going to just here, just eat whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, does she have candy? Yeah, she does. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's the smartest one. Unless um, you're Benjamin, you'll but, have to find I mean, a way to get it. She, yes, she does eat candy. <laughs> she may have, like, especially at school, Apparently. they have a reward system with her. And is she eating a whole pack of stuff? 
absolutely not. She may eat two Starburst. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we really started looking at the dyes mm. when, yeah. you know, we really started working through that sensory processing disorder. And so the behavior has significantly decreased mm-hmm. when we've stopped, when we've cut a lot of that down because her body is not processing all of those artificial things and amping her up. And so her feelings, mm-hmm. like homegirl is real dramatic. Like she has a shirt that says a little bit dramatic, mm-hmm. like a hundred percent true. And she'll even tell you, I just have big feelings. Mm-hmm. It is so very true. She has big feelings and <laughs> <laughs> fact. I'm afraid of her being a teenager because the big feelings Fact. now, whoa, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to send her to you. That's when, um, that's when Aunt Andrea comes in. We'll just swap. Oh Lord. Oh, <laughs> my house is ready for that. I'll send the boys just to the boys. you and you can send her to me. But just the boys. Yeah, it's not. Lies. I'll deal with Berkeley and yours and Laney Kate. You take the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I'll see. I'll be fine over here. <laughs> Send them outside. It won't be me. <laughs> but with the dyes and everything, like when we yeah, started, I mean, we did it in correlation with Gosh. her screen time as well. And so we were seeing a significant change in her behavior mm. and her sleep. And so these big feelings that were too big for her to handle, now we're able to handle, now we're able to verbalize and we're calming down quicker where we still have the big feelings. The big feelings are not going to go away. Mm -hmm. That's just who she is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. We're not up all night. But we're not exhausted because we didn't sleep. Because your body has processed so incredibly quickly. And it's just moving. And that's how, that's one of the things that kind of, we know that she has not eaten the mm-hmm. right thing. And if she's waking up in the middle of the night going, mommy, and I swear to you, she asked me this, mommy, can I have two yummy carrots? One for each hand. Doesn't ask just for yummy carrots or just carrots. Literally will ask me, can I have, <laughs> can I have two <laughs> yummy carrots? One for each hand. Just one like that. One for each hand. Yeah, it's normally 2.45. And also, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> and I'm trying to see the monitor without contacts or glasses and trying to That's what I'm be awake and process what she just asked me for. Two yummy carrots, one for each hand. But then the next morning, I go carrots. back through what she had the night before because something in that was not something that she needs to be having that. And it might be something that, mm-hmm. because everybody is different. Um, and so the way that, mm-hmm. yeah, but the way that she. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something we noticed with the boys <laughs> was before they go to bed. Sorry. The way, like before they mm-hmm. go to bed, what we, I had bought a pack of chocolate fair life for myself, like the protein, the milk. And, and I bought it for myself. And one night Tyler was like, no. the boys wanted chocolate milk. So I just split one of those between the yeah. two of them, which is fine. It's not like that's unhealthy. I mean, like it's not my top choice, but it's, you know, okay. They slept longer and better than they had in weeks. And so I was like, well, screw it. So I tried it again for another couple of nights. Well, 
they're getting a yep. full dose of protein right before they go to bed. So not only are they full, they're full with good. And so while that may not be my top choice or my budget's top choice for, you know, giving my kids every single night, yep. we went with that just ingredients um, powder, the protein powder, because they have a chocolate one. It's specifically designed for both kids or adults. And they each get a half a scoop, which means the bag lasts me for 60 days instead of 30. And, or no, yes, yeah, whatever, math. And so, but they get, in their mind, they get chocolate milk before yep. they go to bed. But for us, we're fueling their bodies to sleep. And, like, when we had Lainey Kate, my sister was telling me, not until I got to the third child, that she, when we start looking at alternative formulas, she was saying, in the United States, all of our formula, if you look on the back mm-hmm. of your formula can, go get your formula can. If you look on the back, they are not required to say X grams of sugar, X yep. grams of this, X grams of that. They do have to list it in order of what it has the most. So if you look at your typical, your Infamil, your Similax, your, your typical what yep. you find at Walmart or whatever, corn syrup is yep. always the very first one because that's the sugar content. It's which, and since it's first, it's the highest. We started purchasing that Kenda Mill, which we actually only purchased it because we literally couldn't mm-hmm. find any other formula. And that one is made in the United Kingdom. And I think, yeah. And it doesn't have corn syrup listed at all. And Katie said, I just finished a paper on mm-hmm. this. The United States starts our children off. We start off with formula or, or I mean, and if you don't formula feed, anything else that that you purchase with kids stuff is packed full of sugar but if you choose to go with formula we literally trained ourselves from birth up to be addicted to sugar where on the flip side in other countries we're not doing that and so it plays a huge role like people think oh sugar hyperactivity it's so much more than that there's so much more than your kids hyper because of sugar their ability to regulate their emotions, their ability to to stop, think, process, respond, all of that is affected. And then when you're asking, well, my kid's not sleeping. For example, my child keeps waking waking up at 4.45 a.m. to really quite literally start his day. He is running from 4.45. He went to bed Because he's eating all the dum-dums. He did take an hour and a half nap at school. But he has been up and going well yeah but not at night he did that at the butt crack of dawn this morning but I literally told my friend Mackenzie I said this is what's happening you're coming over we're taking everything out of the pantry we're reorganizing the pantry we're redoing the snacks we're we're starting fresh all that valentine's party crap is going in a basket up top where nobody can see it it's just there and if we choose to give them one great but he's not scaling the shelves for it like he did this morning because what's happening is by the yep. time they get to dinner, he doesn't want what's for dinner because it's not a sucker, which tells me that you're stuck on sugar of all kinds, natural, like added sugars, regular sugars, the candy bar sugars, the, all the things. Yep. And well, I mean, even as, even as adults, for us like, to want we don't realize how that, much sugar we're everywhere. intaking or even just how our bodies are processing it. So recently I've been di- 
Yeah. And so I've been diagnosed as insulin resistant yes. and Everybody's I'm body pre-type 2 diabetic. I'm no longer pre-type 2 diabetic because I completely changed my diet. I have always eaten very clean. I exercise. I drink tons of water, all of that. My sleep has always been horrendous. Mm. But <laughs> I am an insomniac. Mm. She's been but heavily medicated for it. Since I changed how I was eating, I looked at the carbs mm. that I was eating because I don't, I don't eat sugary things. Like I don't eat candy bars. I don't drink sugary coffees, but it's how my body is processing everything. Right. So if as an adult but, at 35 right. years old, I'm just now realizing this, how are our children, they're processing it and they have no control over that. Mm-hmm. So the carbs exactly and so you know right. as a runner and carbs turn I, into sugar if you don't carb, know. <laughs> you carb load and so because you need that extra energy but i and i also lift mm-hmm. i run and i lift and also cycle and do all those crazy things but <laughs> she's very Can't athletic too. the rest of us aren't as blessed. but I just take kids. It's fine. Oh, didn't I bring know. them to me. I'll I'll trade you Benjamin yeah. for a day. There we go. I'll take them. Let's but we'll watch our step. I mean, just let's compare like, our step. Let's flip flop and compare our step. Eating. And then I had always thought, well, I'm eating great. Like I'm eating pasta mm-hmm. because I'm going to go run in the morning, and then I have some fruit, and then I have fruit in the morning with. And I'm not sleeping. I was not sleeping. And so I have gone from not sleeping to now I sleep Mm -hmm. seven to eight hours, which is great for me. Um, I've dropped lots of weight, which was not the goal, Mm. but my body is no, I mean, I'm not mad about it, but Mm. (laughs) But, my body is processing things that it needs to process. It's I'm fueling my body the correct way. And so if that's my thought process for myself, why shouldn't it be that way for my child? And so if I want her to sleep better, I need to be reading the ingredients that are going into it. And so Mm -hmm. if there are any dyes in that, we're not going to have it. Now, it does happen. I can't control everything they give her at school. I don't control everything she Mm -hmm. eats when she's at my mom's house. Like, And I don't want to. Like. Every great once in a while, it's right. not a big deal. She's at my parent, like she's at my parents' house this weekend, and right. part of the reason why she doesn't sleep well there is because of the yeah. things that she's eating. Yeah, and her body just differently. And so she this one, it, that's when yeah. it comes back to really observing your kid and paying attention mm-hmm. to what you're feeding them and then how they're reacting to it. So. I mean, maybe it's a seven day log of a food log that you're taking for them. Mm -hmm. And then you're writing down their behavior, you're rating their behavior, you're rating Mm -hmm. their sleep, and then going back and saying, this is when they got the day. This is when they had a good day. This is what they were eating. B had a great week this week and everything Mm -hmm. that she ate was, you know, grilled chicken. She had asparagus. She had you know, great vegetables. She didn't have anything processed. Mm -hmm. She like, she drank tons of water. Right. 
And for yes. those of you who are at home, like my kid would never eat those things. There are kid friendly things like, like, yeah, chicken nuggets are yep. not like the top. Well, they're, not, they they're not, they're not real chicken. They also make but the chicken, chicken nuggets, nuggets are that better are than cinnamon rolls. Vegetables. Like, and so <laughs> pick your, like, we have, she has not always eaten like this. Like, don't act like, don't take yes. it as my kid came to me and was like, can I have a carrot please? Like, this is 100% time. no, yeah. that took time. And so, because we modeled it. Yeah, that and then these time. are the choices that we gave yeah. her, you know, you can have this or this, we go back to those choices mm -hmm. and teaching her to make those healthy choices because she doesn't have those mm -hmm. skills yet. And so by making, well, she will mm -hmm. tell people, not I just can't have too up much going, sugar no because sugar it makes me, me sick because she will, because we don't have, well, and because we don't incorporate a whole lot of sugar in our diet, she knows then, now. If she does have too much, she will get sick. Like she has thrown up before and she'll even tell you, I had too, I had too much sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and she knows that. She did. Yeah. Well, so, so if you're really struggling with sleep and it's kind of becoming a new thing, mm -hmm. like, it's like, I don't understand. Like he slept fine. And you know, you read all about like sleep regressions and stuff. I don't care how old they are. The very first thing yep. I would encourage you to look at is the amount of screen time and the sugar and dyes. Because if you adjust that, you'd be amazed. And and if it doesn't help solve the problem, then there's the then there's the next Yeah, cuz go take. read but the labels certainly not hurting on those baby puffs by adjusting those other things. Like you're not and 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 the food the food thing can be yep. <laughs> the food thing can be very yep. overwhelming. Pinterest is your best friend. Red dye free snacks. You'll you'll find a thousand little posters of, of very easily obtainable snacks like that you can still find at Walmart. I think sometimes people think like snacks like that are only at special mm -hmm. grocery stores and this and that, and that's too hard. Literally just print like just Pinterest it. You can literally yep. you can continue to listen to this podcast while you are Pinteresting. Red dye free snacks. Low sugar snacks for kids. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Because I guarantee you, it'll tell you the fruit snacks that are red dye free, that are dye free. It'll tell order you order them from the good Amazon, options. and you can add them to your grocery pickup right away. <laughs> like it's not, or order them from Amazon. That's always a great option. If you're a Thrive person, that's great. But I never got on that train, so I don't know. So, mm -hmm. real fast before we go, let's cover our our kind of calm corners, whatever you want to call it. A lot of classrooms have these now. So if your kids are in school, I would encourage you to ask them if they have mm -hmm. like a calming corner or a quiet space in their classroom. Obviously not every classroom is going to have it, but it has yep. become a much more popular thing in the school district to help foster teaching that these skills. Um, we don't typically have all of these in this box, but we have a box like this um, that Zane, when we delegate, when we delegated where Zane wanted to do it for like the first six months, Zane decided that he wanted his quiet space to be in his closet. And I felt the need to like clarify that with anybody when he was like, if I said, do you need to go have some quiet time? And he's like, Oh yeah. And then they hear the door and they're like, and I'm like, he's in his closet. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I probably should explain better, but help let your kid be a part of that. Like when you need a break, where is a good place to do that? I would encourage a smaller space, not necessarily closed in his closet, but like a corner mm -hmm. in the room because there is a lot of benefit to, to that small space. Um, Slumberkins, we've obviously talked about a hundred times. <laughs> we, 
we have all of them. <laughs> Both of us have Aww. all of them. Um, for us, Yeti, Yeti is one of our favorites, and it, it comes with a book. So Yeti is, um, focuses on her senses, um, and so the affirmation that you repeat with your child. So when you read these books, you read a book, and then at the end it says, like in this one, repeat after me, here's what Yeti can do to help her slow down, and maybe you too. I slow down and I am calm. And then your child repeats you. I sit very still. Your child repeats you. I take deep breaths. Relax and chill. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of every book, there is a reflect and connect, um, like a deep, a deep in the learning opportunity. So depending on your child's age, when are some times that it would be helpful for you to slow down and relax? What are some things you can focus on during your day? What is your favorite way to mm -hmm. relax and calm your body? There's also an adult reflection at the bottom because they know that any parent buying these also needed these books for themselves. So like in this case, when is an important time for you to practice taking deep breaths? But that also leads me to mm -hmm. think about when I need them is also probably when my kid needs them with the exception of like work stressors, right? Um, so then Bigfoot um, is another one that we use. He copes with hurt feelings. Zane is a very high feelings child. Um, so his story promotes self-esteem, confidence, and coping skills. So we're big fans of Bigfoot. Um, Lynx sets boundaries. Um, so self-expression, mindfulness, and healthy boundaries. Um, particularly like, like there's boundaries that you set as parents. These are like body boundaries, um, which I really like because my body is mine. I know what I like. I check in with myself and I say what feels right. And so when your kid gets to that age, that's an excellent option. And then Ibex um, feels deeply is our other kind of favorite one. Um, and she, her story promotes emotional courage, resilience, and empathy. Um, neither of us get anything out of sharing these with you, by the way. We don't like sell them or anything. They're just, we just really like them that much. Um, and, and they have tons of other things they have. You can buy just the animals. You can buy just the books. You can buy big books. If you're a teacher for your classroom, um, they also have free resources. So like this is one for hammerhead shark that I just printed and I put it in a folder and it had mm -hmm. activities and the story and everything. So if you have access to a printer. You can literally get it all for free. So there's lots of options. So Zane is slowly figuring out how to choose the appropriate slumberkin for the emotion at hand um we also really like this it's not done yet but it's called uh, solving disagreements it actually came from school um but i like all the steps step one calm down and it's got dots so like he literally traces the word calm down while he's breathing talk listen compromise so we use this a lot with the boys benjamin doesn't get it at all yet but Zane does. Zane gets, it helps Zane understand why sometimes I have to do things for Benjamin first. Mm. Um, and that's really helpful. Zane also does a lot of box breathing, which is not physically in the box, but when he needs a break, he and draws a box in the air. Sometimes he likes to write his name because he's recently learned how to do that. Um, he also has Poppet in there because he, he likes to do that um, and he likes to count. So he will do that. Um, some physical things that we have taught Zane is to trace your fingers. So up and down like this, um, it helps him get super focused and then just kind of chill out. 
Um, and then if he's overstimulated and needs to move, we have the trampolines, the like mini one, the little tykes from Target. Um, so those are the things that we really like to encourage him to do. There's a ton of other things that we do, but those are kind of like our number ones. Um, and I'll, I'll have Amanda go over hers too. And then, like I said, I will make a list of links and all that kind of stuff. So, if so like Brianna calls hers her safe place so um, because think? that's, we wanted to use the same language that they were using at school. Um, just so that that would translate over and she would generalize that we're using them as the same type of thing. So within that, she has, which is under her bed. Let me preface. She has a lofted bed. <laughs> it's a lofted bed. Her bed. Yes. Her bed is a lofted bed. Just, we make her climb under it's her fine. bed. We it's just fine. shove her in there. Um, I shove Zane in a closet and, and they shove her kid so under the bed. You know, it's a lofted bed. Um, a lot of times it has her nugget under it so she can lay on it. And then we also have the full set of Slumberkins as well. Mm -hmm. um, this is her favorite one. He, his face is real dirty, so he is well loved. But this is alpaca. Um, and his stuffing is like all shifted. So the alpaca... Hold your worries. And so here's the what book he, that goes with him. And I love the little affirmation hold, with him be just because that's right. Our biggest worry, her biggest worry with anything is that mommy and daddy are not coming home. And so her the affirmation for alpaca is I'm loved and supported. And then you say, I'm loved and supported. I'm never alone. These mountains I climb will lead me home. And so this has worked so well that mm -hmm. she also has a second alpaca that stays mm -hmm. at school and a book. Um, and so she uses alpaca when she, like she literally in the book, it goes through alpaca, hold your worries in his backpack. And so you tell, you tell alpaca your worries and then alpaca. Mm -hmm. I know. Fun fact, they have a little backpack that you can buy. I'm probably going to purchase it. It's a slumber a backpack. But um, it's super freaking cute. I know it's really cute. Okay, sorry. sorry there's there's a Murph. This is by far the longest yeah, podcast I've ever had. In my the slumberkins need to be his. Oh look, um, there's a doodle. Yeah, so alpaca, <laughs> hold your worries, and then so she'll just whisper before she gets out of the car in the mornings, like what her worry is of that day. And then our teaching is that that worry is gone. You've given it to alpaca. Alpaca stays in the car, so your worry is gone. If you have more worries throughout the day, you tell alpaca that's at school and then that worry is gone. We're releasing mm -hmm. it. Um, and so a lot of, we've done a lot of the breathing techniques. We do balloon breaths. Mm -hmm. And so she's blowing up a balloon, not a real balloon, but blowing up a balloon and then letting it go. Um, we do flower breaths. And mm -hmm. so she draws a flower as she's breathing. Um, we have our sensory toys and that she can turn over and breathe along with those. Um, and then she also has um, that she, she takes these to schools. It's just like a little tube of bubbles. And so it allows that, it makes your breathing physically slow down. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way to blow bubbles when you're just going. <laughs> mm -hmm. So she has to breathing to be able to blow the bubbles and so it calms right. her down in the same time um but as we're going through any type of situation mm -hmm. one of the things that i try to get i normally if we're downstairs like i'm not going to carry her upstairs 
to her safe place. Like we're just going to go in my room because it's less stimulating and everything. We're going to sit down in the dark sometimes. And I just kind of hold her and I put her hand over her heart with my hand. And I just, I tell Mm -hmm. her just to focus on her, on her heart beating. And we work through that and it normally helps her calm down that way. But like I said before, this is not something that has happened overnight. It takes a lot of trial and error. It takes lots of time for me to get to that point that I'm not frustrated and and I can walk her through these things, but also that we have taught her these things so that in a moment that we are overwhelmed, we are overstimulated. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make her remember something that I only talked about once or twice or trying to teach that to her. It's something that we have talked about so many times that she's probably tired of me hearing it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming. (laughs) And I think we will probably have another part to this at some point in time um, with other things, because I have a feeling that more people hear about different things, the more ideas and questions that are going to come up on behaviors overall. We definitely will probably be covering preteen attitude soon uh, because that's its own battle. Um, But So I appreciate you being on. Um, Like I said, I will create a link of all the things that can be linked (laughs) um, on Amazon or whatever that if you guys want to create your own um, spot, we would love to see pictures of it. If you already have one, tag us at the Higgins house. um, Let us know. Um, And I'm hoping I have some ideas on working on, on some things with Amanda that maybe we can share with you guys some resources. So um, we will share that after I tell her about it because she has no idea what I'm talking about. Bye. Um, so thank you all for coming and we will see you again next time.